welcome to the Board Shorts podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Cook, and I'm here with another easy to digest dose of valuable board and company director related information designed to help you to get on board and thrive in the boardroom. You're listening to episode 53, five common board resume mistakes and how to avoid them. I've had the privilege of helping some phenomenal aspiring board members to develop a compelling board resume, both here in Australia and overseas. Over the years of doing this, I have noticed that there are some common mistakes that people make when preparing a board resume. These mistakes are usually easily fixed with a change in perspective or approach and in sweating the small stuff, the small stuff that can actually make a big impact on whether your resume stays off of the no pile. Thankfully, it's usually a slight change that can take a resume from average to standout. Today, I'm sharing the top five mistakes that I see in board resumes and how you can avoid them by making simple adjustments and tweaks. The first mistake I wanted to focus on is talking about what you do in your professional role rather than focusing and talking about your key achievements. Now, it's common practice to see people list out a laundry list of tasks that they do as part of their professional role. For example, provide legal guidance on contracts, create monthly financial reports, coordinate daily IT system backups. Now on the surface, it may sound like there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but writing like this about your professional role doesn't demonstrate the value that those tasks and your work brings to the organisation. And they're kind of boring to read, particularly for a recruiter who's looking at dozens of resumes with these types of lists at the one time. This is where talking about your tasks in the context of the value it brings or has brought to the organisation is going to allow you to stand out from the crowd. The focus that you'll take here shifts to your key achievements that you've accomplished in your professional roles. And it helps you to answer the so what question. Why does it matter to the business that you provide legal advice or create monthly financial statements? And why do I wanna care? Using the examples I shared previously, a more meaningful and powerful version of these by focusing on your key achievements would be enabled better cash flow management across the business by effectively providing legal expertise and insights on supplier contracts and payment terms. Secondly, enabled informed and timely decision-making by efficiently producing comprehensive monthly financial reports and forecasts to the board of directors. And thirdly, 
ensured the unimpaired continuation of day-to-day business activities by successfully implementing and executing a daily IT system backup procedure. Slight changes to just listing out your tasks or position description gives greater insights into your expertise and skills and how it impacts the organisation. Any ads that call for demonstrated experience mean exactly this. And it makes it easy for the reader, so the person receiving your resume, makes it easier for them to understand your expertise and skills without them having to infer it from a laundry list of job inputs that actually can mean very little to someone who's not familiar with your particular role and or that particular organisation. There are two important things that I want to point out with key achievements. They're usually written in the past tense since they relate to achievements already achieved. So keep that in mind. And secondly, the achievements tend to relate to the business strategic and or financial outcomes that your work has enabled. This is what the board and board recruiters are looking for from board candidates, that you understand what business strategic and financial things matter to the organisation and how your role relates to them and their achievement. If I quickly jump back to those three initial examples that I gave, the thing that's obvious with those is that they don't actually talk about how well or how successfully you did those things. It just that you did them, well, hopefully. Talking about your key achievements using the framework and structure in the examples I shared is far more compelling and will tell a far deeper, richer story about your career experience than just that laundry list of tasks. The second mistake that I see often is that the person writing the board resume makes it a chore and a bore to read. And this point substantially relates to those resumes that are overflowing with information way too much information. Many board hopefuls that come to me have extensive careers and achievements and they want to share them all at one time in one resume. Your board resume really is your highlight reel. You have to be really judicious with what you keep in your board resume and make it the cream of the cream of the cream. What are the achievements you've made that best demonstrate your unique value proposition? And less is more and keep it highly relevant and to the point. Keeping your information concise and relevant means 
that your resume has the right amount of dot points addressing the critical information surrounded by plenty of white space to allow the reader's eye to easily scan and take in the information that you're sharing. In this circumstance, it is best to put yourself into the shoes of the person receiving your resume. The chances are that they are receiving many other resumes at the same time, particularly if it's a board recruiter and they're running an active search campaign or it's a board doing an active recruitment drive. You need to make your resume easy to read and understand and for it to allow the reader to get an easy, quick picture of you and why you would be a great candidate for this board rather than the next resume they're about to read. Entice that person receiving your resume to put you on the I want to read more about this person pile. Things like including coloured headings or something um, to break up each section will really assist with easier reading and digestion of your resume. Remember the person receiving your resume will likely be going through many resumes at one time. Do not make it hard for them. At this stage, they are looking for reasons to put you on the no pile. Also, if you're looking for a rule of thumb when it comes to length, consider fitting your entire resume over two pages, sometimes even one if you can get it down to that. It's that time of year when Onboard by Passageways releases its global annual board effectiveness survey on how technology impacts boards. You can download your free copy of the 2022 report and discover how tech-enabled boards perform in key areas including effectiveness, security and collaboration, key takeaways that enable boards to lead change management with directors and stakeholders and adopt digital technologies that foster increased collaboration, benchmarks and data points that every board must capture and analyse to keep pace and stay competitive, and how the survey data insights align with what board leaders are experiencing firsthand. Go to bit.ly forward slash OB survey 2022 for free access to the survey results. That's bit.ly forward slash OB S-U-R-V-E-Y 2022. The third mistake that I see people making with their board resume is focusing too much on irrelevant information. So this is a really good point to follow on from number two above. It's exciting to apply for a board role and you are keen that you want to make such a good impression that you include all the things that you've done in your career. Just slow your roll. Hold your horses. Take a moment and imagine yourself in the board recruiter's shoes. What is the critical information that person wants to see from a board candidate and from you? What matters most to them and 
the organisation they're recruiting for or if it's the board directly that you're applying to, what matters most to them? What you want to do is make sure that then the information you share in your resume answers those questions. And you may end up talking about the same thing in your resume, just slightly differently or focusing on one particular attribute of that key achievement or other piece of information you're thinking of putting in. A slight perspective shift that helps you to write from the receiver's perspective is going to help you highly tailor the content that you end up putting in the board resume rather than it just being what you want to tell them. As a side note, I really do encourage everyone to develop a base board CV, which is a version of a CV that no one will ever likely receive, but it's where you write down everything you can think of that you have achieved over the course of your professional career. And if you've had board roles in the past as well, you may want to consider adding that in as well. Or at the very least, keeping this information in a spreadsheet or in a document somewhere. Because when it comes time for you to apply for a board opportunity, you can go through this uh, spreadsheet or baseboard CV and scrupulously tailor it to the board and organisation you're applying for. Remember to do your due diligence, which is going to help you to understand what is the relevant information from my career and board history that these recipients or recipient needs to know about me. It's going to help best communicate my unique value proposition and for them to understand the value I can bring to this board. The fourth mistake I see people making is using the wrong language. Now, I'm not talking about grammar or things like that. And yes, sometimes we do use the wrong language in that point. This is something different. Now, when you come to tailor your resume to a particular opportunity, go one step beyond that point I just talked about before. Consider also incorporating changes to the words that you use and the language you choose in your resume. As you're reviewing the company by thoroughly going through their website and talking to the chair or the recruiter or another board member or anyone else, as you're going through that due diligence, make note of the language that is used by the board and by the organisation and what they talk about that is important to them. I then encourage you to adopt that language into your board resume and cover letter. Using words and language that are familiar to the person receiving your resume 
will better help them to pick up and remember the information that is shared. There have been studies demonstrating that resumes using similar languages to the organisations are generally more successful. So it may just be worthwhile making a few minor tweaks to your resume that can deliver you big benefits, such as being invited in for an interview for this board opportunity. You may end up saying the same thing in your resume just by using slightly different words though. That is effort and time and energy that is worthwhile. Having been someone who receives resumes in response to a board opportunity, the ones that take the time to do that and to tailor their CV stand out much more than just a generic resume that someone's sent through. It is most definitely worth the time. The fifth mistake that I see a lot of people make on their resume is that they don't address the required information. And unfortunately, I see this occurring in professional resumes as much as board resumes. In my eyes, I will hammer this home. It is a cardinal sin. If you cannot follow the instructions in the board advertisement, then how will you follow instructions once you're on the board? Nothing good can come from you not following instructions in this instance and it actually comes across as you're either spam applying for opportunities, you didn't read or certainly didn't pay attention to the advertisement and the instructions, you can't or don't want to follow instructions and or you believe that the reader can infer your suitability to the board from the vague and irrelevant information that you've sent through. All very bad starts to a potential board career if you get that far because those kind of traits and attributes are not valuable, useful, effective traits and attributes of any board member. If a board opportunity is accompanied by an advertisement or a briefing document that requests that you provide demonstrated expertise, qualifications and experience in a certain area or areas, then you need to provide that information. Remember to keep it on point and relevant. Also remember... Recruiters are looking for reasons to have one less resume to ponder over. Do not give them any more reason to toss yours into the trash. Crafting a compelling board resume takes a concerted effort to make it stand out and to put yourself in the best position to hopefully get that board seat. Sometimes it is absolutely worth sweating the small stuff. To recap, here are the five ways to improve your resume, avoid common mistakes, and importantly, stand out from the crowd.
Number one, talk about your key achievements rather than what you do or did in your role. Number two, make it easy to read by incorporating short paragraphs, lots of white space, dot points, and colored headings. Number three, focus on relevant information. Be ruthless in making your board resume your highlight reel by showcasing the cream of the cream of the cream from your professional career. Number four, use language borrowed from the organization that you're applying to. What words will resonate with them and show in a very easy, straightforward way that you've done your research? And number five, address the required or specified information. Check and recheck your resume against the advertisement or briefing document to ensure you've covered everything they have asked for in the manner in which they have asked for it. If you're looking for more inspiration for your board resume, follow me over on LinkedIn, the link to my profiles in the show notes, where I'm celebrating board resume month for the month of May. Get it? Board resume? Anywho, for the full experience, enroll into five steps to build your board resume, which is a course online where you'll get lifetime access, templates, resources, and exclusive access to a quarterly board resume masterclass. This month, it will be on Thursday, the 26th of May, 2022 at 8 p.m. Adelaide time. And all that for only $49. I hope to see you there if you're ready to put some energy behind your board resume. If you haven't already, I invite you to subscribe, rate and review the Board Shorts podcast on your favourite podcast app. And please feel free to share that you're listening and what your takeaways are from this episode on social media using the hashtag Board Shorts podcast. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to talking with you in the next episode. The Board Shorts podcast is powered by Get On Board Australia, the destination for aspiring and new board members, helping you to get on board and thrive in the boardroom.